This is the Steelers Preview Show on WDBE Pittsburgh. Here are your hosts, Mike Prezuda and Matt Williamson. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. I'm Mike Prasuda, joined as always by Matt Williamson. We're getting you ready for the Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. We thought the game would be tomorrow night at Heinz Field. As you are no doubt aware by now, the game will be Sunday at 1.15, a national broadcast on NBC. The COVID-19 circumstances with the Ravens have uh, compelled the NFL to uh, kick the game back from Thursday to Sunday. And Matt, the latest development, uh, and there have been a lot of them today, but uh, the latest development, according to Tom Pellicero of uh, the NFL Network and NFL.com, he tweeted uh, about an hour ago, the Ravens disciplined a strength and conditioning coach for not reporting symptoms and not consistently wearing a mask or tracking device, which may have contributed to the team's rash of COVID-19 cases per sources. A number of Ravens players are on the reserve COVID-19 list, among them running backs Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, both of the Ravens centers, uh, defensive lineman Brandon Williams and Calais Campbell. Uh, Matt, I guess uh, the starting point would be, uh, what's your reaction to kicking the game back to Sunday, and do you think there is anything nefarious afoot here or is this the right thing to do there does seem like a outcry in Steeler Nation you know I mean that this favors Baltimore a great deal and this is anti-Steelers and pro-Baltimore I I don't really see it that way I mean that list of players you mentioned that tested positive just like Vance McDonald did a week or two ago or whatever they're not going to play I mean they need 10 days anyway so they're out so maybe a couple guys that were near these folks. I mean, maybe they get cleared, but I mean, I, I understand that the Steeler players are a little upset that they're not going to get Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off to be with their families and get away from the game and have one of those mini buys. But you also get a couple more days to heal your bones from last week for this game. I mean, I I, I, I want to get upset. I want to blame the birdies for everything because they're the hated rival, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. Am I nuts? No, I'm, I'm staggered by the reaction. And yeah. I, get that the, I get that the players are competitors and they were preparing to play a game, and now they don't get to play it. But I saw a tweet from Devlin Hodges. He's upset because he wanted to go hunting this weekend. I, <laughs> yeah, oh well. You, you know, we're in a pandemic. This just in. And <laughs> right, right. There are a lot of people that have suffered a lot worse than not getting to go hunting this week. And there are people that have lost their jobs. There are people that have lost their businesses. There are people that have lost their lives. We all knew that this was going to be a season unlike any other. Things were subject to change. Nothing was etched in stone. The virus was going to dictate in a lot of instances how things proceed. And, uh, you know, this, this reaction from Juju Smith-Schuster on Twitter today. And I quote, first, the NFL takes away our bye week because another team can't get their COVID situation together. Now they take away our Thanksgiving primetime game for the same reason, SMH, which I believe means shake my head. Uh, Eric Ebron, uh, anti-NFL uh, decision, Chase Claypool, what a joke, things of that nature. Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, when, when things like the CBA are being negotiated, 
the players say they don't want to play on Thursdays because it's unsafe, right? You're right. And they, it, should get, <laughs> they should get more money for that. Now they're not playing on Thursday and they're upset about that. Right. And, hey, I understand I was never an athlete. I was never, you know, never went far in the world. And I've been around a lot of these teams and been around a lot of these athletes. And they'll use anything to say they're trying to slight us. It's us against the world. I'm sure Tomlin will use it to his advantage. Great. But the reality is, I mean, I'm sure it would be cool for every eye in America to be watching you Thursday night after they eat their turkey and stuffing and are watching you beat your you know, your, your big rival. That's great. It's an opportunity to be on national TV. But again, to your point, people are losing their lives, their jobs, money, businesses, you know, left and right. It's small potatoes. I mean, do you think Joe Hayden is upset about it? He might play now, you know, I mean, or, or an older guy like Ben or Cam or Pouncey, uh, their weary bones might be happy that they're getting a couple extra days before playing a, a really difficult uh, opponent. One thing I do think of note is if they played it on Thursday, the Ravens basically would have zero practices because they had to shut down the facility and would not have really had any kind of prep time at all for, to pre- prepare for that game. Now they have some. Okay, you know. And they should, right? I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, it, does anybody want a forfeit? Does anybody want a stack deck? Uh, are, are we that desperate to get a W? I mean, the Steelers are 10 and 0. Nobody's yeah. beaten them yet. Let's play. Oh, you need some more time? Take it. Let's go. Tell us when and where. That's the tone that Mike Tomlin has set, right? Uh, Mike Tomlin from the beginning. This is going to be a season like on any other. We have to be light on our feet. We we have to be able to adjust and adapt. It's the way of the world right now, not just the NFL. And, I, you know, I get there's disappointment that the game won't be played, but can't we leave it at that? Yeah, right, exactly. I mean, the Titans situation to me, the Steelers got shortchanged because they really did get their bye week cut heavily. And they had practices for nothing, you know, basically. This isn't the same to me. Um you know, I, I've even heard, to be honest, this isn't what you brought up, but I think a bigger deal of the news today is there's going to be much less fans in the, in the stadium. I think that hurts the outcome of the game more than it getting bumped back. And my other concern, which I think the docs and officials are pretty confident this won't be the case, but what if, you know, they have to bump it again or cancel it? Then, then that really hurts the Steelers. If by chance they have to... Uh, the Ravens have a bunch of tests positive on Thursday, Friday, whatever. We can't play. And then they say, well, we're going to implement that eight playoffs, you know, eight team playoff situation. And okay, maybe you are 16 and 0, but you don't get a bye week. And the Ravens happen to get into the playoffs now. Like, then I'd be a little up in arms about it. Well, yeah. And uh, that, that would be uh, understandable from my perspective, but we are not there yet. Although, no. you know, everybody uh, knows. And I don't know that this has been publicized a great deal, but uh, I know the NFL has been talking uh, in terms of uh, internal memos and uh, communications. What do we do if we can't play all 16? Uh, You know, how much wiggle room do we have with the schedule? Does it revert to winning percentage? Uh, There there are a lot of unknowns still. There were a lot of unknowns going into this. And uh, you got to be light on your feet. You got to adjust. You can cry about it. You can whine about it. You can point fingers. It doesn't get you anywhere. No. You got to deal with things the way they are. You know, Ben Roethlisberger talked this week. We're going to hear from Ben later tonight on the show. 
Uh, I'm going to play his uh, Zoom session with the media this week because I thought it was particularly insightful. This was before the announcement was made that the game was being uh, pushed back from Thursday to Sunday. But he basically said, hey, they tell you what to do and you go play ball. And th- that's it. There, mm-hmm. there, there is not an alternative in the NFL in 2020. And, and you're closer to the team than I am and have n- n- been around Coach Tomlin and the organization you know, closer than I have. I really get the impression that this team handles that stuff well. Tomlin handles that stuff well. It's one of the the great strengths of what they're doing right now. Yeah, I think they I think this team handles it well because Tomlin handles it yeah, well. And yeah. I think he has set a tone. I think he's set a tone since before training camp in, in July. I think he's been a rock through this whole thing. And I, I imagine well, I I, I shouldn't uh, you know, suggest that I know what he's thinking, but I think he'll deal with this and some of the things we've seen on Twitter, and I think he'll kind of bring everybody back into the fold and get the focus back where it needs to be, and that's on playing the Baltimore Ravens, who are 6-4, and four, and Matt, at least as uh, things stand now, uh, we haven't expanded the playoffs yet. Right now, the Ravens are on the outside looking in, and the Steelers, believe it or not, are, are approaching a clinch scenario yeah. this weekend. Uh, what do you make a 6-4 and four Baltimore against 10-0 and 0 Pittsburgh, knowing – the history of the rivalry, and knowing the recent history of the two teams. Yeah, and in, in addition to that, the respect I have for the Ravens franchise from ownership to GM to coach to quarterback all the way down, and they're one of the top organizations in the league, proud, built well, all those things. They scare me because they're reeling. They have a lot of issues right now. You look at this game on paper and things like, Oh, they're on their third center. Yonda retired. Stanley's gone. Their next best lineman has to move from right tackle to left tackle. You know, the Steelers should eat him alive. Well, I look at the Ravens and think, this is a very dangerous, scary animal backed into the corner, protecting its young teeth and claws gnashing at you. You know, I'm with you on on just about everything you said, Uh, particularly the respect for the Ravens organization and, and the coaching staff and the players. But, boy, the third center for a running wow. team's asking a lot, isn't it? Oh, man. And I, I was asked this the other day. Someone said, hey, Matt, who, who's the – other than Lamar, who won the MVP last year, who are the two most important Ravens on offense besides him? And I'm like, Yonda and Stanley, no doubt in my mind. And, that you know, all the skill guys can kind of fill in the gaps. And they lose those guys, and then third center sounds terrible. And people out of place. I mean, I'll, I'll put a buck down right now if their first-round pick next year is an offensive lineman. Yeah, the, uh, the of course, the Ravens lost uh, Ronnie Stanley in the Pittsburgh game back on November the 1st, and they also lost uh, one of their starting gar- guards, Trey Phillips. Yeah. And uh, he's on IR. But they still ran the ball in that game against the Steelers back on November the 1st. They don't have Mark Ingram. They don't have J.K. Dobbins, but they have Gus the Bus Edwards, who has run the ball very well against the Steelers the last two seasons. They still have Lamar Jackson, who is their leading rusher. But, boy, how many how many hits to that offensive line can you take? Uh, this this is going to be a tough one for the Ravens to overcome. Let's uh, flip over you know to the Steelers. They also don't have Nick Boyle, which doesn't sound like much, but he plays a lot of snaps. And they put him in motion as a blocking tight end a lot. I mean, they've they've suffered a lot of a lot of setbacks. Yeah, part of the scheme. The Steelers conversely 
uh, beat the Jaguars 27-3. to And uh, really, after the first quarter plus, it wasn't a contest. But uh, Ben Roethlisberger in particular emerging from that game saying we need to score more points. And that was a subject that was kind of kicked around this week uh, up until today, uh, discussions with the Steelers and their Zoom sessions. Were, were you impressed by the Steelers? Did you think, well, you know, that they should have beat Jacksonville 27-3? to Or is there anything that's kind of nagging at you as they get ready for the stretch run here? Mm, not a lot. I mean, I, I thought that the Jags had a nice drive to open the game and the Steelers' D didn't look real sharp. But after that, they didn't score another point and their quarterback's gotten benched since. And there's a miserable, you know, yards per play performance by the Jags. I mean, they were crushed on that side of the ball. Um, I mean, I, I guess if there's anything nagging with me, and I don't like to harp on these things, is a couple of these teams they've played are really, really bad. You know, like uh, every mock draft in the world is going to have the Jets picking one, the J- Jags picking two, and now the Burroughs hurt, Cincy picking three. I don't know yeah. that any of those three teams are going to win another game this year. You know, like Jacksonville's really bad, and Cincinnati was better then because they had Burrow, but they're really bad. I mean, so... I, ten and zero is ten and zero, and it's not like the Chiefs have played a murderer's row either. But these teams that they're playing are a little soft. I mean, if, if I have a concern, it's not the running game, it's not the run defense, it's not any little thing. It's do we know that the that they can beat up on good teams week after week? I mentioned the Steelers are dealing with a playoff clinching scenario this weekend. If the Steelers beat the Ravens. And if Miami gets a loss or a tie against the Jets, and if the Raiders get a loss or a tie against the Falcons, the Steelers are in the postseason. Now, the uh, asterisk attached to that is the Raiders and the Dolphins can't both tie. Okay. Good to know. They're both both in a loss-tie deal to help the Steelers, but if they both tie, it goes on to the next week. But, boy, for a team, Matt, that – has spent a couple of weeks outside of the postseason. We're not even into December yet. And making the playoffs at this point is a layup. Oh, making the playoffs is a layup. And really, I think winning the division is a layup. And if they win this one, I think it's a slam dunk. You're not uh, expecting a late surge from the Cleve Brownies? Actually, kind of them. And I don't mean that as a credit to them. But if you pull up their schedule, it's really easy for the Brownies, too. So they're going to win games and get in the playoffs. I just don't think they're going to catch the Steelers. We've got a lot more to get to tonight. Uh, Matt and I will be here until 8 o'clock. This is usually a Thursday night program, but we're coming at you tonight on Wednesday night because tomorrow is Thanksgiving, and we thought there would be a game to play tomorrow. Instead, that game has been kicked back to Sunday at 1.15. So we're going to do the next best thing. We're going to dial up Merrill Hodge, and we're going to find out what he's thinking about all of these developments. With Matt Williamson, I'm Mike Pursuta. We'll be here until 8 o'clock tonight on Steelers Preview. Right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. Back to the Steelers preview show on DVE. Welcome back to Steelers preview right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. Mike Pursuta and Matt Williamson with you till 8 o'clock tonight as we get you ready for the now delayed Steelers-Ravens game. We thought it was going to be tomorrow night at Heinz Field. Instead, it will be Sunday at 1.15, we are joined now by our regular third party on the program, Merrill Hodge. And Merrill, uh, I want to start with uh, taking you back into the day at 
Pocatello, Idaho, growing up. Thanksgiving Day was that was that turkey bowl in the backyard? Was that crowding around the TV to watch the Lions game? Was it was it a little of both? What the what are your memories of Thanksgiving and football? Well, we called it the Spud Bowl, the Spud Bowl <laughs> with a with, with turkey flavor. <laughs> but probably much, wasn't much different there than it, than anywhere else in the country. Play a little football, watch football, have turkey. Beautiful Thanksgiving day, brother. Yeah, it's nothing, uh, nothing quite like it. Uh, let's get to the news of the day. Your reaction to the game being pushed back to Sunday? Do you think anybody's at fault here? And if you were an active member of the Steelers, how would you be responding to this? Well, you know, I think that at the very beginning of the season, you probably have to establish this is going to happen. You know, there's going to be a lot of things that uh, we can't control. There's going to be changes. Um, so I think that that's probably set. You establish that right off the bat. Um, to worry and waste your mind and energy about things that you can't control and are irrelevant to being able to win, whether it's Thursday or Sunday. Um, I think that's where, you know, good leadership comes into play that we don't waste energy on that. You know, I don't know what the particulars are with, with the Ravens. You guys probably know more than I do. I, you know, I know that there was a bunch, they tested a bunch of positives. So I think the reason they postponed it, if I'm right, um, and I'm sure you guys probably know this is to make sure that, um, whoever's playing doesn't test positive when they go out to play. And they didn't have enough time to do that on Thursday. That's why it got pushed to Sunday. Yeah, I think that's dead on. And I, I'm more interested in picking your brain about what's, you know, the, the matchups on the field and this Ravens offense. And one thing, I don't want to say Lamar Jackson and this offense have been figured out. There's been a lot of things that haven't gone their way, offensive line injuries, but a big schematic difference of how defenses are handling this Ravens offense this year is they're playing a lot more man coverage, and it's working extremely well. They're double-spying Lamar, and they're making him throw into tight windows, and especially outside the numbers. But I also think that those Ravens receivers are very poor across the board versus man coverage. They're young, fast guys that don't are not nuanced route runners, and I think this Ravens offense would kill for a Derek Mason, Steve Smith, uh, Anquan Bolden, veteran-type route run. Yeah, well, I'll tell you this. The, the really strength of a lot of the wide receivers are their tight ends. Their mm-hmm. tight ends are, very, are, are difficult, are mismatches. So if you go back to, you know, why are people playing man, you, you're playing man actually probably more for I'm giving up. So I can, I can give up somebody to go to the running game versus playing two deep safeties, I'm going to play one. Um, I'm going to go put my other guy down in the box to help um, with the running game because you need to do that because you got to realize the Ravens now have, which is unique or different from other teams in the NFL, they, when they run the football, oftentimes it's 11 on 11. When normally it's 10 on 11, quarterback hands it off and now he watches. Okay, so when you have a quarterback as, as a, a definite runner and a dangerous runner, um, it's a good way to do that is to get another safety in the box, and especially another good athlete. Um, I think that is better. You know, listen, I've watched a bunch of tape on the Ravens and their ability to throw the football or or their ineffectiveness. Um, listen, to say that the wide receivers aren't getting open is, I think, is a is a very false statement because guys are wide open, and oftentimes that ball isn't even in the ballpark. Um, 
And then there's oftentimes guys that are absolutely wide open. So when you look at where their true inconsistencies are, it really is at the quarterback position. It's not at the wide receiver position. I can give you every game that I watch, especially the ones they lose when they are forced to throw the football, you know, there's five or six just really bad throws or bad decisions that end up um, being the difference in those games, not allowing them to get back on track or on target. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't get better on every phase, but to pin this on wide receivers um, and say that that's where they're really struggling. Um, I'm going to tell you this. I, I'm not, that's not what I see. It's not what it shows up on tape. There's guys wide open. And that includes the tight end position um, outside the numbers, inside the numbers that are completely missed by the quarterback and, and, and things that you can't miss. One or two, everybody's going to miss one or two. But when you start missing about a half a dozen of them, those are crucially critical throws and critical moments of the game. And that's what's hurt the Ravens when they have lost. Merrill, let's assume that they're seeing the same thing that you're seeing. How do the Ravens respond to that? Do they work to get better in the passing game or do they kind of circle the wagons and say, all right, we still have Gus Edwards. We still have Lamar Jackson. We still have a running scheme. Let's, let's run the ball. Yeah, well, that's the strength of Lamar Jackson, and that's the strength of your offense. That's how you built it, you know. I mean, and so yeah, you've got to keep, you got to, you can't lose the footers of your offense. You got to continue to make those strong, and then build things off of them. That's why their run action is so good, you know. Matt, just you know what he mentioned. Why do teams want to go to more man? Well, it's not just to press the wide receivers, and not give them free runs, and, and not to make the DBs play in zone coverage and get fooled by some run action in the backfield. Let's take that burden off them. You guys are going to press, so you don't have to worry about anything. We're going to drop another guy in the box. We're going to contain the run, not with seven guys, but with eight guys now. We feel like we can do a better job of that. If they tend to throw the football off of that, we're going to make it harder throws for them. You know, we're going to make it harder on the wide receiver, and we're going to make it harder on the quarterback. Um, Now, how can – they do a better job of that. Well, listen, when people are going to play man, and we know that, then it's the coordinator's job to do some things from motion to stack to types of routes that you run to help your wide receivers too. You, know, you can get them in a stack position. You can do a bunch of things. You can do rub routes, cross, crossers. So there's things that you could change up to do too as a coordinator to help your wide receivers and to help your quarterback. You know, But I still go back to you can't make them – you can't make him accurate. I'm just going to come back to that. You just can't make a guy who's not accurate accurate one day. That's like saying, you know, you run a 4-6, but one day I'm going to get you to run a 4-4. Never going to happen. And that's the same thing with accuracy. Is there always going to be a deficiency there? Is it always going to rear, um, rear its ugly head when it probably matters? Yes, it will. You know, um, and it's going to be when they're behind and when they really need it and it really matters. So, um that's that's what I think, you know, what's hard with the evaluators when you're an evaluator or you're somebody that's committed is that if you keep lying to yourself and you keep going, he'll eventually be a good passer. And he makes a couple of good throws every game. And you're like, if I could just do more of that, but it never materializes. But then you go back and look at the history. It's never been there. It was not there in Louisville. It's not been there in the NFL. What what happened in Louisville transitioned exactly like you would think it would if you were being honest coming into the National Football League, <clears throat> he's going to expose for not being a really good decision maker and very accurate, especially, especially in critical moments. So you got to just, you, you live with that. 
until you eventually <laughs> cost your, your could cost you your, your your job. Quite honestly, you know when you're committed to somebody and you're committed too long. Another thing I've noticed this year when defenses defend the Ravens are, hey, they're going to run like crazy. They're still a very high percentage run team. So the the common thought is we need to put a nose tackle out there. We need big, heavy linebackers. We need thumpers. We need size on the field. Where I think the league in general is realizing I'll take speed over size. You know, if I have 11 guys chasing Lamar, that's better than being big and heavy in the box. And frankly, Vince Wilfork and Casey Hampton aren't catching Lamar. No, no, you're right. Uh, I'll tell you this, though. Um, if you looked at the Ravens and you, you there's their actual staple run, the run that they run a mass majority of the time is their go-to run. When they get done with every game, it's 60% of their runs is power. O. now power. O, um to save everybody, the bore of X's and O that is a man's run. I mean, you're, we're, you're going to the tight end side, you're doubling the tackle, your tight end is blocking out. You're bringing a fullback in there. I mean, and you're pulling a guard. I mean, you're bringing men in there. <laughs> that is not when you want nickel personnel. Um, that is when you want big people. And actually, big people are better against that running style. You know, and go back to what you said earlier, Matt. <clears throat> I can still have big people to take care of their staple run. Um, but the type of coverage I'm going to play is different because I'm going to have another athlete in the box. It's like safety who can account for Lamar. So I, I, you have to have that to defend them. When I've seen it with team, actually in the uh, first matchup with the Steelers, they got caught with their nickel personnel in there. And if they run power to it, it was ugly. I mean, it was ugly. I mean, you need big people when they run their power O in, in there. And that is the staple part of their offense. Um, and they do it in a, you know, they get a bunch of different looks to it, but when it's all said and done, that is their staple run. If it ain't the first run of the game, it's their second run of the game every week. And they come back to it and run it maybe 10, 11 times during the course of the game. Merrill, Matt and I both opened the program tonight uh, talking about our respect for the Ravens and appreciation of their organization and what they have accomplished and how they do business. It's very, very difficult for both of us to, to write this team off. But you look at the current group. It's lost three out of four games, blew a 10-point lead in the second half against the Steelers, blew an 11-point lead in the second half, uh, most recently against the Tennessee Titans. That almost never happens uh, yeah. to the Ravens when, when they get up in the second half. And the John Harbaugh thing, trying to defend the honor of the logo painted at midfield, uh, you know, picking a fight with the Titans before the game, do you think that was calculated? Has he lost his mind? Are these guys slipping over the edge here? We're seeing a lot of unravens-like stuff going on. Yeah, well, they are reeling a little bit. I actually, I think it started actually with the Steeler loss, and and not in behavioral stuff. You know, people they lost in the trenches. You know, on both sides of the ball, those are, those are big losses. You know, and I, I don't I don't think I think that that gets that gets lost in your evaluation process but they're, they're different in the trenches than they were you know and um you know what what was going on with uh, with harbaugh at that you know I, because i didn't see it i don't know the details i don't know what the mind said is i don't know what the titans were doing that you know could have been 
disrespectful or whatever it was. But, I, you know, I lost Lamar Jackson after he scored the touchdown and that little skip and and bounced his shoulder into <laughs> into what's his name. You know, tells you the, they got the coach's back is what I'm saying. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. You know, maybe it was something that was – Calculated, uh, but without having, without being out being there, it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to figure out what they're doing or or why they did that. But if you look at the core of their how they've lost, um, maybe the problems they have there. I just don't go any farther than their offensive and defensive line, the injuries that they've had there. They're just not quite the same there that they were, uh, you know, last year and early this season. Boy, their offensive line's a shell of what it was last year. And, yes. you know, Merrill, we did a, a Steelers Live earlier this week, and they asked you about, hey, is the Steelers running game turning the corner? Are they out of the woods? I thought you had a really good answer about that. You seemed a little skeptical. You weren't exactly ready to jump in the deep end that the Steelers running game was back. Well, because I, I just see so many deficiencies, yeah. you know. And, and, and oftentimes, as soon as I say that, people, it's, not so, it's really not the offensive line. Do they have a couple hiccups? Sure. Every offensive line does that. But when you look at their perimeter players, you know, and, and actually two guys that, you know, like Claypool has to be embarrassed after that game last week because he missed some guys and then stood around and touched nobody. And that, that's unacceptable. Okay, I don't care if you miss your guy, but hit somebody. Don't stand around there and look for somebody behind you because that is not how you're going to win in this league. And you got to do everything in this league. To, and doing those kind of things even makes your touchdowns even more important to your teammates, um, your tight ends getting whipped, you know, and they, you know, I don't know who said it, but you know, he's a, he's a wide receiver. Well, no, okay. Ebron, <laughs> you're as big as George Kittle, if not bigger. Okay. George Kittle whips people. So it is not about your, your size. Plenty. In fact, your size, you should be whipping people. And he just gets whipped so much in the running game. <clears throat> and then, when you look at how they ran the football last week. Hey, Merrill, let me interrupt got, you for a second. I think asking Eric Ebron to block is a lot like asking Lamar Jackson to be accurate. <laughs> okay. It's not yeah. happening, brother. Uh, Throw well, him the ball. No. Get somebody else to block. Throw him the ball. But when you're asked to block, man, put up a fight. Okay, then you can ask that. But that is not asking for him. That, that is being a willing participant and fight the guy. At least fight. Just don't get whipped at the line of scrimmage. So when you look at their perimeter as far as their blocking, their blocking can get better. Um, they didn't pull a lot of stuff. They didn't do a lot of counters and their whatever they call their sweep stuff where they were pulling people. And I don't know if that's because they didn't, they didn't think it was what they needed to do last week versus the week before, which you know, every team can you know, change up their type of runs. Or if James Conner doesn't do that very well, because if you look at how he, he spaces and the timing that he – he has with counter stuff. Um, he doesn't do it very well. So that might not be a strength of theirs, and that might be why they got away with it. Um, you know, he gets up on top of the guard or the second puller so fast that he never really lets that block develop, and therefore oftentimes he makes mistakes and tries to get outside and puts himself in harm's way versus stay up inside and let it happen. And um, They did it once, and actually the reverse, <laughs> the, the big run he had when he reverse field, it's because he went ahead of the block and first he should have been up inside, but he was up ahead of the blocker again. And he jumped to the outside where everybody was blocking people. That's why he had to reverse field. Now it looks like a great run, but um, his timing and his patience with that just, just aren't there. And it can be, I mean, those things you just you keep working on. And, and I do so I've always said that that's the burden of the runner. That's his responsibility to time that up and be patient. He hasn't done a very good job of that. Um, 
but I still think that they, if they say, well, this, we're not going to be that good at it, it, it will, it'll be the thing that haunts them when they can be a good running team. Um, and if that is a big weapon that you got to defend, that has a big burden on defenses. When you got a team that can smash you and they can throw the football in every phase imaginable known to man, very tough to defend, and the best defense in football will struggle with that. Merrill, appreciate it as always. Uh, have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, really hey, enjoyed talking to you well. tonight. I always love it, and man. You guys are the best. We'll uh, we'll talk to you next week as we get ready for the Washington football team. Oh lordy, Merrill Hodge. <laughs> Merrill Hodge uh, joining Matt Williamson and myself, as he always does. Uh, Merrill uh, never ceases to bring passion and enthusiasm to his analysis of uh, the NFL in general and the Steelers in particular. When we come back, we're going to hear from another pretty passionate guy. That would be Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. So keep it here until 8 o'clock with Matt Williamson. I'm Mike Pursuta. You're listening to Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship. 102.5 DVE and SNR. Back to the Steelers preview show on DVE. Welcome back. Mike Pursuta and Matt Williamson with you till 8 o'clock tonight on Steelers preview here on your Steelers flagship 102.5 DVE and SNR. Before we get out of here on this Thanksgiving Eve, I wanted to present uh, the Zoom session that Ben Roethlisberger did with uh, the Pittsburgh media this week, I thought it was particularly insightful. Now, uh, the context is that Ben Roethlisberger was speaking before he knew that the Steelers-Ravens would not be playing tomorrow night, Thanksgiving night, before the game was postponed until Sunday. But uh, Ben Roethlisberger hitting a number of subjects that have been much discussed of late uh, in Steeler Nation. So without further ado, here's Big Ben. It doesn't really matter who's hurt and who's winning, who's losing, all that stuff. I mean, I, I, I think they've lost two in a row. And I, I don't know this. I don't know. Has a Harbaugh-led Ravens team ever lost three in a row? If they have, I, I don't know when. So we anticipate them coming in, and we just got to give them our best shot. Will Graves? Hey, Ben. Um, they're not practicing today. That was just announced a little bit ago. I'm curious, not as a, as a competitor, but as an NFL player, you know, would you – prefer a situation where the playing field was absolutely level going in week in and week out, or is this just sort of in 2020, you just got to make the best of your situation and hope everything works out. Yeah, this is just an unusual year when it, when it comes to, you know, everything that we have to do and that, that everyone has to do. I mean, we saw it early, obviously with the, the Titans game and buys and all these kind of things. I mean, um, you know, what are you going to do? You just gotta, just gotta do what they tell you and go play ball. Jeff Hathorn. Hey Ben. Oh, We've asked you about unselfish receivers. Uh, where would Vance McDonald fit into the mold of guys being unselfish this year? What would it mean to get him back this week? Yeah, I mean, he fit. He, he's he epitomizes what it is to be a selfless football player, um, and, and so it's it's good to have him back. Um, you know that that locker next to me has been vacant for a while, so to to see him in there today and have him on the practice field, he's got a he's got more energy than the rest of us right now, which is. Uh, it's good to see, and, and you know we're, we're excited to get everybody you know back. Anybody that's out for a while, whether it's through injury or this, to get them back on the field as a brother and as a guy that we can use, uh, we're excited for them. Jerry Dulac. Uh Ben, good morning. Um, at this point of the season, uh, when you're coming down the stretch, if you will, 
do you do you um, are you concerned at all how many times that you throw in a game? I think four of the last five games you've attempted more than 42 passes, and basically in games where you're not trailing. Do you have to watch that at all as the season goes on? And will you how will your practice on a short week impact you this week? Uh, no, I don't. I mean, I don't think it really matters how many times we run or throw it as long as we win the football game. Um, you know, we, we can beat the dead horse on the RPOs and the short passes are the same as runs. And, you know, we, we quote unquote need to run the ball X amount of times. No, we don't. We need to win a football game. Uh, and that's what we've been doing. Um, and, you know, maybe we'll throw it 70 times this week. Who knows? Um, but as for a short week, you know, we'll, um, you know, coach has a plan that, that we'll, we'll be ready for in terms of kind of a walk through today and then tomorrow. And I, you know, I probably won't throw many footballs this week. I think, um, you know, it's kind of one of those weeks where you don't need to throw a lot because you've just played, you're coming off a game and you've got another physical game this week. Dale Lawley. Ben, I was just wondering if, if you've played these guys so many times and they've been big games, do you have a favorite Ravens memory? Oh, man. <laughs> um, you know, there, there's been a lot of them. I, I feel like a lot of them have come from the defensive side. You know, Troy making the jumping over piles or one-hand interceptions. Um there was a home game and it could have been any of them, but, but there was a, uh, it might've been Troy's interception that we watched film the next day and you couldn't even see the play really because the, the camera was shaking so much because the, the, the stadium was rocking. And to me, that's, that's what this rivalry is. That's what Heinz field is. That's what makes our fans special. Um, I can see that image in my head right now of, of the whole film shaking and not really be able to see what's going on because the place is, is just so excited. Brooke Breyer. Yeah, Ben, when we talked to Ebron earlier this week, he said, you know, there's no pressure right now being 10 and 0 that, you know, you guys would rather lose now in the regular season than in the postseason when it really matters. How do you keep the guys from feeling that pressure? And how do you keep from feeling the pressure as the season goes on and you guys keep winning? We're just trying to win the next game. Um, that's all that's all that matters because we know we're going to get everybody's best shot and we want to give everybody our best shot. Mark Caboli. Hey, Ben, you probably didn't have a tight end threat like Ebron since maybe five, six years since uh, Keith was around. What does that do for you and the offense when you have a guy of that skill set to be able to go to? Well, it's it's kind of another receiver, if you will. Um, you can move him around. You can put him outside. You can put him inside in the bunch. You can, um, you know, move the chains with him. Like last week we saw on a, a – it was a third and short. We threw him a, a quick pass. and. Um, and then you can use him late in the game um, where we, where he caught his touchdown, where you have the jumbo run set. and uh, You don't need a lot of receivers on the field because he's kind of that de facto wide receiver. So um, the, the, the fun part about E is that he's still um, growing in this offense. Cause we didn't have the, we didn't have, um, you know, the off season per se in terms of mini camps and all that stuff. So um, I think we are still learning a lot about each other. A couple more Aditi Kinkaball. Ben, I know that you have been given a lot of freedom in this offense. You've earned a lot of freedom in this offense for a lot of years now. But your receivers this year are talking so much about how you are making up route combinations on the fly, how you're identifying mismatches. What is it about these receivers that you trust them enough to be able to do that so much? And are you really doing it more than you ever have before in your career? Or are they just talking about it more? No, we are. We're doing it a lot, but it's because I trust them that they're going to do the right thing when, when, when you ask them to do it. Um, 
you know, it's not like we're, I know we made a big deal about drawing stuff in the dirt, like kind of just joking, obviously, but people made a big deal about it, but really, you know, we're using parts of the no huddle in terms of routes, but they're not, they're just like, they're not in the big overall concept. So I'll tell each guy a route, but it doesn't make sense in the, in the big grand scheme of a specific play. So they each, each individual guy has to know what each route is, what each concept is, no matter what position they're playing. And so to me, when I made that comment, it was more, and I'll continue to make it, it's more of a compliment to them. And it's the tight ends too. It's running, but it's, it's everybody that they are able to line up wherever I ask them to line up and run, you know, wide receivers have to run tight end routes. Tight ends have to run running back routes. They, they all have to do it. They don't blink and they do it with ease and they've done it great the last few weeks. And so that's, to me, that's what it's about. It's complimenting them that they're able to, to just do it on the fly. Mike Pursuta. Ben, I think you guys are fourth in the NFL in points per game. You're about a field goal behind the Chiefs per game for first. And you came out of a 27-point game Sunday saying we need more points. Mm-hmm. Is, are you looking at this like an arms race, best offense wins? Um, you know, there's never enough. What's no, your it's, process it, on that? Yeah, no, it's, it's not about other teams or rankings. You know, we don't care about – rankings or or how many points per game or percentages on third down things like that we just want to be the best we can be and when I made that comment after the game it just felt like we left stuff out there not because we didn't hit the 30 point mark or we didn't do x y and z it just felt like we could have done more and that we you know so that's where that comment came from um you know we're not going to a game with a mark we just want to win the game whether that's three nothing or whatever it is obviously but, um, you know, when, when you're out there playing the game and you're, you have a feel for it and you feel like there's, there's plays to be had or points to be had, then that's where um, those comments come from. A lot to chew on there, Matt. I, I think he was kidding about maybe we'll throw it 70 times. But what if he wasn't? And do the Steelers, do you think at this uh, juncture, two-thirds of the way through the season, do you keep – trying to get more from the running game or do you decide you know what for whatever reason it's not happening this uh spread them out and throw it around thing is really working well uh how would how would you proceed uh down the stretch and into the postseason you know run pass ratio and things of that nature i would be lying if i said it it might not it might come back to bite them or might not come back to bite them in terms of closing a team out or weather permits you from throwing as much as you want sloppy track Ben goes down heaven forbid you know like it, it would be a nice if Ben thing. goes down it's over wow yeah right, <laughs> right. but it's over. It, it'd be nice to be able to lean on it when you need it and that's going to happen sometime between now and whenever somebody you know hoists the Lombardi trophy but I'm more with Ben and you said it in that interview only a couple teams in the league are scoring more points per game than you guys are, and we're over here complaining and nitpicking the offense. I don't quite follow yeah. that. Yeah, the, you know, the yards uh, standard, the, for some reason the NFL rates off offenses and defenses by yards per game instead of points. Makes They're sense. well down the list in yards, but they are scoring. I think they can score more. Uh, just one other thing I wanted to add. Ben started by saying, boy, I don't know when a John Harbaugh team has ever lost three in a row. Well, I think he was uh, blowing a little smoke there. This is John Harbaugh's 13th season uh, as the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. In the first 12, Matt, his teams have lost three games in a row or more six times. Really? In, in six of those 12 seasons. So it's as likely to happen as it isn't. And the Ravens have lost two straight. 
I think they're kind of teetering. I, I, I think they're a little lost and they're a little injured. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know uh, with this COVID stuff complicating things, I don't know that they're ready to come into Pittsburgh and, and put up the fight that you would normally expect in this rivalry. Yeah, uh, they seem extremely vulnerable. You know, your third center, you know, I mean, things like that, that you just don't overcome because you're backed into a corner, like I said before. I mean, they're, they're going to be overmatched at the line of scrimmage repeatedly. That's going to do it for us tonight. I want to thank Merrill Hodge for joining us, as he always does. Thanks for Ben for for being so insightful during his uh, weekly Zoom session. And uh, thank you for finding us. Uh, It's not our normal Thursday night, but uh, we appreciate you uh, taking some time on this Thanksgiving Eve and uh, joining us for some Steelers-Ravens talk. Uh, We'll do it again next Thursday, a week from tomorrow night, when uh, we try to get you ready for the Steelers against the Washington football team. For Matt Williamson, I'm Mike Pursuta. You have been listening to Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone.